Or to help support the ministries of Agents for Christ, go to agentsforchrist.org. That's agentsforchrist.org. Bringing you the way, the truth, and the life. This is WIAM 101.1. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. We're long overdue for a pandemic update, so we'll get one from Pastor Mark. We'll also get a glimpse of what a one-world government coming to a planet near you will look like as we look at global tax reform and a reformed atheist gives his life to Jesus. That's just some of what we'll discuss as we review the Signs of the Times, our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, June 11th, 2021. Along with Mark Kirk, the senior pastor of Calvary Knoxville, I'm Greg Hilt, and thanks for joining us. You can enjoy Signs of the Times anytime by downloading the Way Media app or visiting thewaymedia.net. In today's live show, will prophetically become podcast number 171, which is easy to chew and safe for denture wearers, but only when you subscribe through Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Stitcher. Is it gluten-free as well? I forget. Yes, it's always gluten-free, okay, right. but I mentioned that last week. All right. Uh, <laughs> however, if you do want to read the articles uh, that Pastor Mark will be talking about on today's program, you will, can only do that through the Way Media app or thewaymedia.net. Yes. Pastor Mark, no questions today, but we always invite our listeners to send us their prophecy or general Bible question right. by visiting the Signs of the Times page on thewaymedia.net or the Way Media app. That should now be ingrained in your brain. And um, welcome to the program. It's great to be here. And also yeah. I want to just remind our listeners, sure. this is a prophecy program. So yes. just have your brain in, in prophecy gear, have on your prophecy seatbelt, your prophecy helmet, and uh, just to kind of, as, as we said, we had a comment this week about, hey, all you guys do is talk about prophecy and some of the same scripture. Well, that's what we're going to do each week, because that's yeah. what this program is designed to do. It's called Signs of the Times. Yes. It is a specific program for prophecy, and uh, we do cover the entire Bible throughout the week at our other services. But this particular hour is dedicated to prophecy. So don't be surprised if you come each Friday yeah. and shockingly hear you and I talk about <laughs> Prophecy. That's right. And you know what's interesting? When we talk about prophecy in the Bible in general, yeah. it makes up essentially, let's just call it one third right. of the Bible. Yeah. I mean, some people will want to split hairs over the one percentage. Third to one fourth, yeah. One third to one fourth. Yeah. But when we're talking about prophecy, we're even talking about a narrower, narrower percent, yeah. percentage, right? Yeah. We're, narrower, with, we're narrow. within that one third. We're we're Boom, way prophecy. no 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 but we're we're even narrower than that end times because it's end times prophecy because yeah, yeah. there's a lot of prophecy we can talk about that yes. has already happened yes this is about things that are happening or will happen yeah. in the future we're like the watchman on the wall you know our yeah. job is to stand there yeah. and watch what's happening and tell everybody inside hey here's where we are and yet the cool thing is as being a watchman this way we know what's going to happen we just don't know when so we have to watch for it and then warn everybody and it's a it's an honor to be able to do that yes. Um, well, uh, Pastor Mark, uh, the world is uh, kind of getting back to normal. We've been normal for quite a while, right? Uh, at least in our neck of the woods. Right. But a lot of other people have been locked down for a lot longer. Yeah. And uh, and I would say society and the economy kind of opening back up in terms of trying to head back to some sort of normalcy. Yeah. And now that the dust is kind of settled in, in whatever, it's time to do kind of like a pandemic review yeah. on on what's happened, what's been said, and what the realities and the truth is. Yeah. And into you're gonna give us even a a, a larger 
overview on how we as Christians need to look at this right. and things that will happen in the future exactly. because the Bible says it'll happen. Exactly. And again, we've had time now for some of this to marinate and some of the facts to come in, some of the statistics, some of the results of what's been happening from the vaccine, from COVID, from all these things. And we're finding out that, again, it, did, it hasn't lined up with the way we were told that it was with the government and others uh, to a full degree. And so really what was in my heart, I want to talk a little bit about where we are. But the reason I want to talk about it is not just to talk about COVID. We've talked about that enough. I really don't enjoy talking about it that much at this point because we're all kind of COVIDed out. Mm-hmm. However, my main heart in this, in my uh, focus on this first segment here is, We as believers heading into the last days have simply got to learn to think for ourselves. If I can sum this first segment up, learn to think for yourself. And what do I mean by that? You are your own best advocate. If I can give an illustration that maybe some of you will understand if you've ever had family that you've had in the hospital, or maybe you've had a mom or dad in assisted living or nursing care, what you've learned is is that if you're not there on a regular basis thinking for yourself and making sure what needs to be done is done, there's going to be neglect by those who are the authorities over that. Now, it's not always willful neglect. It's not always intentional neglect. I'm not making accusations on any institution um, uh, in that statement. I'm simply saying it is human nature that if someone is not there saying, wait a minute, have we thought this through? We don't always think it through. That is what has happened here with this whole uh, pandemic, uh, COVID-19. Again, a, a real pandemic, a real situation, something. But again, falsely presented to us, and the more evidence comes out, we realize that not only falsely presented, we were lied to a lot by the government. Now, again, why do I say that? Remember, the government doesn't have your best interest at hand. I'm not trying to say the government is out to destroy us. I'm not trying to create a conspiracy theory. I'm not trying to create a rebellion to the government. As Christians, we come under the governing authorities, Romans 13. I'm simply saying that the government, being an unsaved institution, does not have your best interest at hand, and they will oftentimes promote things in the way they need to be promoted for their own purposes. It may be political. It may be financial. It may be ideological. Whatever the reason, you've got to think for yourself. And why do I say that? For this simple reason, a lot of things we're finding out now is we were simply misled, and many of them intentionally, by our health officials and our government. I'll give you one example. The new studies that are now coming in, we're getting the results of those um, that were treated during COVID over the past year and a half and all these things, and now we're getting statistics in, and 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 bold doctors and bold professors are coming out and saying, wait a minute, we got to tell the truth here. We've been lied to. One example is, is that this whole drug, hydroxychloroquine, We now are getting in results from multiple tests around the world saying it is highly effective against COVID-19. As a matter of fact, um, we have a doctor here that was on with Laura Ingram here, a Yale doctor, a Yale uh, um, epidemiologist. He's a professor, Dr. Harvey Reich. I might be saying his name wrong. Rich Reich. I'm not sure. Rich Reich. That kind of sounds funny. But Reich, um, who was on here just a couple of days ago with uh, Laura Ingram, and he said the studies are now showing that we could have saved as much as over 100 thousand people if we had simply allowed people to use hydroxychloroquine and if you remember when that was brought up by president trump everyone said he's trying to kill everybody he doesn't know what he's talking about the guy's crazy and it was simply political and for political reasons we've allowed tens of thousands of people in america this one professor says over a hundred thousand and maybe hundreds of thousands around the globe simply based on politics. Now, again, I bring this up to say this. This is why, as Christians, in the last days, we have got to learn to think for ourselves. Hydroxychloroquine has now been proven to be an effective antidote and fighter against COVID-19. Again, you'd have been laughed at a year ago, and now they're going, oh, my goodness, we've allowed tens of thousands of people to die, and it was driven primarily due to politics. Now, maybe you know this, Pastor Mark, or maybe one of our listeners can confirm this. This is just something that I heard. I don't know if this is like some sort of law or this is just common sense. But I heard that if there is a disease, let's just say in general, and there is a known antidote or cure for the disease, then either you should not or you cannot legally create a vaccine for it. 
I've heard that as well. Okay, Honestly, but I, I don't know. I don't know in what in what context and what severity that means. Well, I haven't done any personal research to see if that's even accurate, Greg. I, but I've heard what okay. you've heard, so okay. I can't. I'd be afraid to say that because yeah, I, I don't. I don't either. have the paperwork in front of me and the homework. Right. But I have heard that as well. Um, as a side note, that'd be interesting for some of our listeners maybe to do some research. Maybe we could before yeah. uh, we discuss yeah. it again. But I think, you know, again, and I've got a couple other things I want to point out here is I want to make sure the point is this. This is not about making a, a, a some kind of political issue out of this. I'm simply saying that remember this. You're, the world around you is going to form their decisions based on money and government and those types of things. Again, in the last days, as Christians, we must be thinking biblically. We must be thinking spiritually. We must be thinking for ourselves and find out the information. There's, there's, it's not the only drug out there that they said don't use that we now know worked. And again, it could be because political is one reason. Let me also add another reason. We know that there's a lot of money to be made by selling uh, certain vaccines and things. There might have been some uh, financial motivation. There may have been some just general ignorance that were out, was out there, although I don't believe that our government and medical fields had ignorance. They knew and they had the facts. But I think among the general population, a fourth reason might be that some of these things go through is because of fear. People live in fear, and they and death is a big motivator. So I'm afraid I'll die, and if I do this, and of course, uh, you know, what if hydroxychloroquine is bad for me, and they say all these things. The point is, we've got to learn to think for ourselves. Now, I want to go beyond that. That just shows my first point was to make, we can't just trust the government. And I'm not saying that means the government is out to get us, and I'm not saying that means that they intentionally want to hurt people. I'm saying we can't simply go by what the government and health officials say. That has now been proven. And especially as it gets weirder and weirder in the last days, we have to be able to listen to the government, listen to the medical authorities, but then look at all the information and make our own evaluation through prayer and the word of God. Because God's going to be the only one that's going to know the full answer of what's right, and he's going to be the only one that can truly lead us in that. Now, I use that as a springboard into these next studies that we need to be aware of, because now the push is uh, not only should everyone still get this vaccine, but even our children should get it. What we're now learning, the facts now coming in, and this was done at the Cleveland Clinic, by the way. This is not some just like, you know, Christian websites, and we're going by some blogger out there who, you know, is, says they love, you know, the Lord, and they're going to whatever. The Cleveland Clinic has now said there is no need to vaccinate people who have already had COVID-19. Let me read some of this. Contradicting the claims of Dr. Fauci and the FDA, a study by the prestigious Cleveland Clinic concluded... There is no need to vaccinate people who have been infected with the virus, COVID-19. So if you've had the virus, what Cleveland Clinic is saying is you do not need the vaccine. Why? It goes on. The study found individuals with previous SARS-COVID-2 COVID infection, which is what COVID comes from, do not get additional benefits from the vaccine. The finding aligned a study published last month in Nature by researchers at the Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis concluding that even mild or asymptomatic cases of COVID-19, note this, produce lasting immunity that guard against repeated infections. Let me say that. They concluded it gives you lasting immunity that guards against repeated infections. If you have COVID, you do not need the vaccine. I would encourage you not to take it if you've had COVID because, again, the, the, the danger of taking it will outweigh the benefits of taking it if you've already had it. Now, there may be some benefit. We're still waiting to find out what the ultimate outcome is going to be by taking the vaccine. I'm not, you know, as, as people use terminology, anti-vaxxer. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Look, I, I, believe, I believe there are some great benefits to vaccines, and vaccines have been used to eradicate things such as polio and all kinds of stuff. So I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm simply, let's, let's use our brain on what vaccine we take, yeah. and let's find out the real science, not just the political science, but the real science and the research behind whether or not we need that vaccine or not. Because if the Cleveland Clinic now saying, once you've had it, you have immunity, you do not need the vaccine, it would be unwise to take the vaccine after that because of the possible consequences of taking it. You say, well, Mark, the consequences aren't that great in taking the vaccine. Let me just say this. I know that in the first few months of the vaccine, over 4,000 people in America were reported of dying from the vaccine. Over 4,000 in the first few months. I don't know what the new number is. I have right here in this very article from the Cleveland Clinic that in Europe, 
and uh, in the first few days of the vaccine, over 10,000 people died from the vaccine. So what, what it, it's, they're saying it's the largest death rate from any vaccine in history. So what's happening is more people are dying from the vaccine than any other vaccine as a consequence in history. And for those who have had COVID-19, it's not even necessary. This is why this is insane, this push to have our children vaccinated. Parents, listen to me. Children have no risk, virtually no risk from COVID-19. We now know they can't pass it. Scientifically, the science is showing it does not and cannot pass from children to adults. And get this, the new science, the latest numbers, a child dying from COVID-19, okay, even teenagers on down, the, the, the statistic to live is this, 99.997 survival rate, 99.997 survival rate for young people getting COVID. Why then would we give all of our children shots for COVID? Why then would we push that when now we're seeing that it's causing enlarged heart syndrome in some of our younger people. We now have teens and those above teens getting this new syndrome they call enlarged heart, uh, the, the actual name I don't have in front of me, but it's so important that this weekend the CDC is going to call a special conference to talk about the side effect in our young people from the COVID-19 vaccine. They're getting enlarged hearts. In their report, they're saying that the majority of the enlarged hearts are going back to normal over time. That doesn't that give me a lot of comfort because what, what damage, if any, has it already done to my child's heart? And secondly, some of them are not going back to normal and are creating problems that will be lasting. Um, again, the German va- Germans are saying right here, I've got another study right here. We have all these now articles you can find on our website. So, again, you can look them up later for yourself. These scientific articles, speaking about children surviving, 99.997% survival rate. And, and in Germany, they're now saying, in Germany at least, Kids shouldn't have this. You should not be giving children this vaccine because the danger of getting the vaccine outweighs the danger of not getting the vaccine. Again, and I quote, there are over 4,000 dead Americans and there are over 10,000 in Europe that died on days one, two, and three after the vaccine. Um, We have a lady in our fellowship. Her mom died three days later after the vaccine. And get this, in the nursing home that her mom was in, within two weeks, 14 people died. Now, again, um, I, I, all I'm saying is, am I saying that the COVID-19 vaccine, that no one should get it and that you should whatever? I'm not saying that. It, that is a personal decision each person has to make. I'm saying there are consequences to our decisions. And as the science comes in, we need to learn to think for ourselves. We can't just blindly do what the government tells us to do unless it's of some kind of law. Then we get into the talk about the legal aspects of it and biblical, but this is not a law. This is an encouragement to do. We must learn to think for ourselves again, especially Greg, as we head into the last days, because here's what's happening. This is all leading ultimately to the world government, having all of us take a mark either in the hand or the forehead. This is not the mark. The shot is not the mark. The shot is not evil. It's not the mark of the beast. But I think that now that we're learning what we are about the shot, I think that we've overreacted to COVID-19 I think that natural immunity would have been a much greater avenue in many ways in dealing with this. Um, I think for certain people, they have to make that consideration whether they should have the shot or not. But I'm saying with the consequences that are out there that are now coming in, the people that are dying, the enlarged hearts, the blood clots, the fact that children do not need it because they're not going to die and they're not going to affect adults. Why are we pushing everyone to get this shot, and especially our children? Christians, learn to think. Don't just follow the crowd. Think, think, think. I would also say, Pastor Mark, uh, another thing that happened as a result of just the stress of the virus and how it was impacting life, Yeah, which is unlike any other virus in our generation. Not that there haven't been worldwide pandemics in that sense but that there was a rush to get the vaccine that was perpetrated by the stress of everyone's locked down. We've got to get everything back open and life back open. Right. And you've got to wonder when it comes to clinical trials and thorough examination and doing the science, you know, that, that the side effects, there just has not been enough time in terms of, 
test cases and test studies and test groups and right. however they come up with new medicines, okay, same type of protocols I'm sure are being used, that they were rushed or maybe bypassed or just something was overlooked because to have so many side effects and so many questions yeah. just doesn't sound like good science. It sounds like it the best rushed science. Yeah. And at the worst, you know, not science Open deception. at all. Open deception. Or, yeah, or political and, science. Well, here's the thing, yeah. Greg. Here's the thing. Again, we have to be honest about this. Now, it's pretty much been, I think, pretty much clarified and proven that this virus came out of that Wuhan lab. I mean, it's almost Im- not impossible for any other scenario, but they're saying the fact that it evolved so quickly, that it takes a while for viruses to trans to, to change enough to go from animal to human. Yes. This thing was it was just instant. It's almost like there's something that just doesn't happen. And the markers the scientists are saying now pretty much nailed down this thing was manufactured and came out of that Wuhan lab. And so as more and more science comes in and facts, I think that's going to be harder and harder to deny. And I'm saying that rather boldly because the evidence is now out there. Now, depending on your political viewpoint, you may or may not believe it. But the reality is we've pretty much proven now that this thing came out of the Wuhan lab. Now, why do I say that is so important in this discussion? Because even still, Dr. Fauci, for example, and others are saying, well, I don't think it did. I think maybe something else. We are still being, Greg, knowingly lied to. We're being deceived by those we look to in the health areas and the government areas. And my point is this. Look, they don't know Christ. They don't know the Lord. They don't have the best interests of, of God or people in their, in their heart or mind. This is why we have to learn to think for ourselves, seek God in his word, seek God in prayer, ask God for wisdom as to what we should do or not do, and don't just blindly follow everything alone because realize the government does not always have your best interests at heart. Some people in the government do. Some agencies in the government do. Not all government is evil. That's not my, I'm not making that point at all. I'm saying there are those in high places who literally don't really care about you, and they have a political agenda, they have a financial agenda, they have an ideological agenda, and you better learn to figure this out on your own, or you're going to be just led to slaughter. You know, First John 5.19 says those that are not in Christ Jesus are under the sway of the enemy. Yeah. Under the influence. Yeah. And so you've got a lot of people making decisions that are being demonically influenced, and they yeah. don't even realize that these decisions are being made that's right when you talked about uh the drug that president trump hydrochloroquine okay uh when we talked about the the hydroxychloroquine sorry somebody's gonna write in to correct me hydroxychloroquine yeah we got that drug which we knew worked yes but was suppressed and attacked yeah um we knew really kind of at the very beginning of this it was already leaked that that they already knew this is the this is the amazing thing to me. They already knew that this virus came from Wuhan. Yeah. But that was ignored yeah. or attacked yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And they almost it was almost like the Santa tracker you see at Christmas time. Well, Santa's coming from here and now he's heading over and all of a sudden we were told that this is heading towards Seattle, right? Or Washington State or the Northwest or whatever and it's like something just doesn't seem right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, I think there's a lot that doesn't, Greg, yeah. and that's why I said we have to learn to be watching things for ourselves and, yeah. and keep an eye on this because it's more of this is going to happen. Right. It's going to get stranger and stranger in the last days, and we have got to just realize God has our best interest, yeah. not the government. Yeah. God has our best yeah. interest, and we need to think for ourselves. And the important point to, uh, to take out of this, if you're a prophecy student, is to understand that Jesus himself said that these types of things in Matthew 24, the plagues and the pestilence, were, will happen in the latter days and will happen increased what we didn't see when we knew that prophecy was true and listen and regardless if the virus was man-made or not man-made it doesn't matter yeah prophecy still true yeah. it's there's still a plague there's still a pestilence regardless of its origin the bible's warning us about yeah. that what we didn't see and understand that how the virus was going to be used to help uh, you know, not necessarily fulfill, but set in motion, maybe, or or increase, or further along other prophecies in Scripture. Oh yeah, of what's going to happen oh, yeah. in the latter days. Oh yeah, that to me was 
epic well, as far we, as 2020 is we, concerned. You know, Greg, we use the old cliche, the domino effect, but if you truly get away from just a cliche and think about it in your mind, remember those big boards they set up and somebody hits that first domino and all these crazy things happen and balls drop and all this. That's what happened. Those listen, are cool, too. Listen, this was a dropping of a domino yeah. and we're watching all this stuff around the room now happening at one time and, and prophecy just kicking into gear. Yeah. And, and again, we're going to see more of this, so we need to be aware of it. And I want to make sure I'm not promoting an anti-government agenda here. I'm not promoting rising against the government. Romans 13, as Christians, the Bible says, come under the governing authorities. We're to honor our governor, honor our leaders, honor our president. All I'm saying is don't expect them to be able to see what you can see, because if they don't know the Lord, they don't have the spirit showing them things. Don't expect them to have your best interest at heart because they have their own agendas at heart. They're human and they're fallen from the fallen nature. Mm -hmm. And as it gets stranger in the last days, we have to be more and more aware of what it is that we have to be doing to watch out for our families and ourselves. Some may be listening and say, you know what? In this situation, uh, my family member needs that vaccine. In this situation, my family doesn't need that vaccine. What I'm speaking against is the mindset of everyone just getting the vaccine. That is, a, I believe, a huge mistake, especially with this new Cleveland Clinic that just came in results saying, if you've had COVID, you should not take the shot. Because now you're increasing more possibility of a side effect. My own aunt took the shot. A healthy aunt died three days later. I did her funeral. So this is a passionate thing to me. Now, again, uh, that's why I'm saying, you know, it's interesting. Greg, in our fellowship during this whole time, as we had uh, our our church meeting and all that, Mm -hmm. we did not have one single death from COVID-19. I'm not saying others didn't. I know there were people that died all over Knoxville from COVID-19. I know that churches had people that died. I'm not negating or denying the real pandemic. I'm not negating or denying real death from it. What I'm saying is I find it interesting. It It comes with my warning today. We had zero deaths in our body from COVID, but we had two people outside the body, but connected to the body. They weren't a part of it who died from the shot. So if we have any deaths connected to us, it was from the shot, two of them. We have none connected from the actual virus. That doesn't negate anything as far as the real virus. I'm making my point. Let's learn to think. Let's learn to be aware of what's going on around us. Let's let's if 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 you need the vaccine or know that someone does, then you make that evaluation and the risk rate and take that chance. But if it's my child and I realize that ninety nine point nine nine seven percent of children survive COVID-19, I'm not going to be giving them a shot that may cause a blood clot or enlarge their heart or something worse. Um, I'm going to make sure that, you know what, I'm going to look at the science. And this is the thing. You know what? Science is only useful when it promotes your agenda. But now that the science is coming in that doesn't promote the agenda that COVID-19 was pushing through, suddenly that science is not even being mentioned, Greg. It's like it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. You're not going to hear this on the regular news. But yet the facts are there. We're putting the articles on our website. Go look them up. Do your homework. Again, I I would say this. Don't even believe your pastor. Don't even. That's not my point. Don't go to your pastor to believe your pastor or whatever. You seek God. You get the evidence. You look at the facts. And then make the evaluation from there because it is going to get crazier. Remember, Jesus said there will be pestilences with an S. This won't be the last thing. And I believe we've entered into Matthew 24, 8, verse 8, the time of sorrows. I believe the time of sorrows has begun. I believe this is the forerunner. Quite some time ago, actually. Yeah. Yes, I believe you're going to see more of these dominoes happening as this time of sorrows takes place. Then you're going to see more pestilence. And Greg... This is nothing more than, again, setting the stage for getting everyone to go along with the government to all take a mark on their hand, a mark on their forehead, and everybody come under this world leader out of Europe we call the Antichrist. It is preconditioning. And all I'm saying is don't get preconditioned. Use wisdom. If you need a vaccine, get a vaccine. But use wisdom and realize there's a much larger spiritual picture going on here that you mentioned even at the beginning. There's a demonic plot going on to unite the world in one government, to unite the world in one religion, to unite the the world in a one world economy that will have a chip in the hand or the forehead or some type of, um, you know, that does data, you know, type things. Be aware of it, believer. Be watching for it. Don't live in a cave. Don't live in conspiracy theories. I'm not trying to promote conspiracy theories. This is the Bible. It's not a conspiracy theory. The Bible says it. The Bible teaches it. God has been 100% right up to this point. He's not going to fail now. So you can separate your conspiracies out from the Word of God. Our focus as believers, stay on the Word of God and think for yourself through prayer and God's Word for yourself and your family going into the last days because this is just the beginning. That's why I said put on your helmet. 
Put on your seatbelt, and again, enjoy the ride. The Lord's coming back to get us, I believe, very soon. Well, one thing we've also learned uh, over this past year, Pastor Mark, as we've looked at Bible prophecy, is how it, how they're linked together, how prophecies are linked together, that one prophecy helps to fulfill another, and they're all driving towards the end goal that the Bible lays out for us yes. in terms of dealing with uh, the unbelieving world, the Jews, and the Christians. Anyway, and we are going to talk more about that as we get into one world government news as Signs of the Times continues right here on WIAM. We'll be right back after this. WIAMLP 101.1 FM, Knoxville. A lot of people would like to be debt-free, but only a few are willing to go to the next step. Hi, I'm Chuck Bentley with My Money Life from Crown. Today, Crown's founder, Larry Burkett, talks about turning a desire into a promise. In a business seminar a few months back, there was a Christian businessman there. He said, I really want to be debt-free, but I owe a million dollars. How could I ever be debt-free? I said, I don't know. You're, what you're going to do is ask God yourself, God, do you want me to be debt-free? If so, make it possible. Ask God what you're capable of doing. God will show you. But if you never make a commitment to be debt-free, you're never going to be. And so he went back home and he made a vow that if God provides me a means to be debt-free, I'm going to be. And he kind of laid out for me what his plan was. And he had a plan that the profit from his business over about a 10-year period of time would eventually get him debt-free. He called me back three weeks later. He said, I am now debt-free. He said, a building that I was a part of, we bought it with our retirement plan a long time ago, sold. And we, we bought this building for like $300,000. Somebody gave me $1.1 million in cash. I don't owe anybody in the world a dime. He said, let me tell you how important it was to make a vow to God. He said, because normally, if I had all that cash in my hand, you know what I'd do? I'd go out and buy three more businesses with it. I would have used it to lever myself. But because he made a vow, see, I believe that God found himself a steward. And I believe that God wants us to be debt-free. And he found somebody who was a steward. He said, I'm going to bless you with being debt-free. All you have to do is be obedient, nothing else. If you're struggling with credit card debt, I recommend Christian Credit Counselors. They'll create a debt management plan that works for you. For more information, call the Crown Helpline, 800-722-1976, or visit online at crown.org slash ccc. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. The Bible doesn't describe believers as victims. The Bible describes believers as victors, victorious. We walk in the power and the strength of God. We're not a victim of our circumstances, the way the world sees things. Because if you see yourself as a victim of things, then you're going to excuse your behavior when somebody gets close enough to start putting their finger on it. You're going, you know, essentially, you should really watch your behavior. You know, you don't understand how I was raised. I know, but you still shouldn't talk like that. Well, you don't know. And you start, it's just, excuses will get you nowhere. For more biblical encouragement to help you grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus, visit edtaylor.org. Again, that's edtaylor.org. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor is a presentation of Calvary Aurora. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host... Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news that we call the Signs of the Times. This is episode 171 for you podcasting folks. We've got some people that listen live or watch us live uh, Fridays at 1.30. That's a blessing to be able to do that. Uh, most of our consumers of content are doing it on their own time, and we are blessed to be able to offer that to you via podcast or video, and don't forget our website, thewaymedia.net, and just click on Signs of the Times for anything related to our program. You may be a All right, let's get into some articles, Pastor Mark. We've got a couple of uh, One World Government articles here. Uh, the first one comes from CNBC.com. G7 nations reach a historic deal on global yeah. tax reform. Yeah, so, huge. I mean... Explain what, yeah, 
Well, again, this, why huge. is this so huge? We always talk about a one-world economy, you know, and, and uh, you know, even uh, you know, people wonder, well, when are these things going to happen? We're here talking about it. Well, here it is. Read your newspaper. It's happening right in front of us right now, even as we've been saying on Prophecy Show. Uh, G7 reached the historic deal. That is, again, this is leading toward that one-world control of the finances and taxes and everything else. The finance ministers of the most advanced economies known as the Group of Seven have backed a U.S. proposal that calls for corporations around the world to pay at least 15% tax on earnings. This is worldwide tax stuff going on here. G7 finance ministers today, after years of discussions, have reached a historic agreement to reform the global tax system. Now, notice the words global. Again, this is what we're looking for prophetically. Global taxing, global economy, global things. That's what the Bible says will happen. Uh, This is to make it fit for a global digital age, which, by the way, is leading right to the mark of the beast. And crucially, make sure that it's fair so that the right companies pay the right tax in the right places, UK Finance Minister Rishi Sunak announced in a video statement on Saturday. If finalized, it would represent a significant development in global taxation. Members of the G7 include Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, and the UK, and the U.S. will convene for their summit, which they've already done. Again, they're convening now, uh, so it's a little bit dated here, but it's, it's the, what the article's about that matters. U.S. Treasury Janet Yellen, who is in London for the face-to-face meeting, held the move as significant, and note this, this word's important, unprecedented. Here's why this is significant uh, um, prophetically. This has never happened before. This is something that is brand new among all the nations of the world in our common age. Now, again, there was a global tax when Rome ruled the world. That's different. And when you have worldwide empires. But this is unprecedented. It means this is something that has never happened. It is a new step in a global agreement and a global working together to tax the world and get the world's monies working as one world. This is why this is so prophetically huge. A global deal in this field would be good news for cash-strapped nations who are trying to rebuild their economies after the coronavirus crisis. Now, again, we talked about the dominoes, Greg. Here's the coronavirus causing this type of thing, global taxation. Isn't that interesting? Uh, but Biden's idea has not been received with the same level of excitement. Again, the European Union, uh, there's various member states are saying, hey, we can't charge our guys 15%. We can't get the businesses to come in. They want to do some of the smaller countries at 12.5. Uh, France sometimes charges as high as 31%. Um, so there's maybe some little things to hash out, but they still agreed to it. Speaking in April, Irish finance minister Pascal Donahoe said smaller nations should be allowed to have their lower tax rates given if they don't have the same capacity for scale as larger companies, uh, et cetera. Now, I, I, again, I want to make a point of this because remember, when this one world government comes together, they're not going to all agree on how it should be done. Iron and clay, the toes of the statue in Daniel chapter 2. They're all going to be forced together, partly of iron, partly of clay, signifying there's going to be a forcing together of the world's uh, uh, countries, but there, some are really going to be all in, ironclad, and some are going to be like, you know what, I'm just like molded clay. I could crack and break. I don't really like this. And uh, being in the feet, I think this stinks. And uh, I don't want to be a part of it. And so, again, I think you're seeing some of that iron and clay coming together. But you're also seeing, more importantly, the iron now saying we're all going to come together and do this worldwide global tax. Greg, unprecedented, brand new. Again, we're watching prophecy take place right before our eyes. You know, the old saying, uh, the two things that you can count on in life are death and taxes. Yes. I think, and that's true. Yes. You know, in the, as we know on this side. But I think what's really cool is that in heaven, the two things that you can count on here on earth are eliminated in heaven, yeah. and that's death and taxes. Well, you know, it's, it's funny you said that. I read an article today that said there's three things you can guarantee in life, oh, okay. death, taxes, and hatred of Jews. Oh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into and, that, And Israel, too. yes. And yes. so I'm saying, yeah, and they're all going to be eliminated in heaven. That's true. And, and so you're right. Either way, they're going to yes. be gone. Uh, our next article, Pastor Mark, is regarding the climate, but I'm putting this under one world government because, okay. again, just as COVID-19 has been used to unite the world, uh, climate change is also something that's been used to yeah. try to unite Another the world domino. together. Another Absolutely. domino. Absolutely. This, is from, this is from the Hill.com. Gomert asks if federal agencies can change Earth's or Moon's orbits to fight climate change. Wow. 
if they only understood God's design and why things rotate in the, the axis and everything, and they go to try to change that, yeah, guaranteed they're just going to make it worse. Yeah, and again, I think he's making a point here, a very, very salient point, that we can't control the environment. Everybody back off and stop trying to do it. I think it's a very wise and clever way of making a point. Everybody's trying to change the climate of the world, but you know what? This is out of our hands. Yeah. Are you going to change the rotation of the moon? Are you going to change the distance? Let's read it. Uh, Representative or Senator Gomer, I guess Representative Gomer, was speaking with Jennifer Eberlin, the Associate Deputy Chief of the National Forest System, during the House Natural Resources Committee hearing. Now, this is natural resources. And I quote, I understand from what's been tested or been testified to the Forest Service and to the Bureau of Land Management, you want very much to work on the issue of climate change. Gomer said to Eberlin, adding that Pat, the past director of NASA had once told him that the orbits of the moon and the earth were changing. He's like, okay, you want to affect climate change, then you're going to need to affect the orbit of the moon, and you're going to need to affect uh, uh, how that affects the earth. Is there anything the National Forest Service or BLM can do to change the course of its moon's orbit or the earth's orbit around the sun, Gomer asked? Obviously, they would have profound effects on our climate. I would have to follow up with you on that, Mr. Gilbert. What a, what a reply. I would have to follow up. What she's saying is, yeah, maybe we could change the orbit of the moon. Let me get back with you on that. What, what arrogance. Let me, I don't know. Let me Google that and see he if that'll says, work. And then he said, well, if you figure out a way that the Forest Service can make that change, I'd like to know, Gomer added, the, the angle at which the Earth tilts also shifts slightly or wobbles on its axis over the course of, of, of thousands of years. These shifts affect Earth's climate in both Short-term and long-term, though they have a relative minor impact on the planet's seasons. Again, the astronomers have all have long observed that the Earth's moon is slowly drifting away, moving about an inch every year. Here's the point he was making, and it's a very salient point, and that is this. Mankind cannot affect our climate. We can't. That's just the truth. We can be cleaner and not throw trash out the window. We can cut back on emissions, and there won't be as much pollution in our city. It is not going to change the climate of the world. We don't have the ability to do that. Only God can do that. And we're wasting our time and spinning our wheels. Should we be good stewards? Absolutely. But to focus this many resources and to do, as our president said recently, that it's the number one you know issue facing the world and America today, that is nonsense. The number one issue that America and the world need to face today is the sin issue, that we need to repent and come to Jesus Christ for salvation because he's coming back to judge this earth soon. And by the way... When he comes back, he will restore it to the way it was in the Garden of Eden. Let's let him take care of the climate. He's going to control it. Now, let me make one last statement, Greg, before we move on. Sure. Because I'm already going to be, people are going to say, well, you don't care about the climate. You're being irresponsible. Absolutely, I care about the climate. I breathe the same air you do. I drink the same water you do. Do I want clean water? Yes. Do I want a nice environment? Yes. Should we be good stewards in what we do with the planet? Absolutely. My point is simply this. Everyone relax. It is not up to us to make sure that mankind survives and that we have air to breathe and water to drink and the sun and the moon rotating. God specifically says, that's up to me in heaven. I control that. So let's take a deep breath, relax, enjoy the world God has given us, and Jesus is coming soon. You know, Pastor Mark, we've already got a generation of people that are have been highly stressed out over COVID, uh, or I'm sorry, over um, the climate. Right. Because they've been told, they've been indoctrinated, they've been falsely educated that it's their responsibility to save the planet. Unbelievable. And somehow that they've got some sort of control over that. You know, you're, you're, you're in, you can make a positive impact in the things that you talked about. Right. But on the scale that they're talking about, oh, yeah. absolutely not. Yes. So you've got that stress because... You do not understand what God's word says about his creation. Yes. Now, you've already had that happening, right. and that was already building in a fervor. And now add last year, 2020, yeah. in what happened with the virus. Right. And you've got to wonder why just about every commercial that I see uh, or, or, or from a a network is about breathing moments and here's your Zen moment. And here's uh, you know, pray.com, which is actually, that's probably a good thing, but all of these things coming into our society now trying to deal with mental health yeah. for something that we created, right? We created the mental health crisis because we haven't looked to God. We haven't looked to his word in what he says. If we just understand what his authority is and what our responsibility is and god's word does tell us that right 
we can relax. Absolutely, Greg. And that's why those who trust God and walking with God and understand this have a sound mind and they have peace. Yeah. We don't panic. We have created, as you said, a generation that now believes they're called to be the saviors of the world. Listen, we have a Savior. That's a heavy response. We have a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. He died on the cross 2,000 years ago. He's the only one that can save it. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, He holds all things together by His power and glory. It is not up to our children and our kindergartners to save the planet. And for them to grow up thinking, oh my goodness, it's up to me to save the planet. You talk about mental health. You talk about panic. You talk about stress. Yeah. Greg, if I thought it was up to me to save the planet, we're all doomed. It's like running around like chicken little. We're going to die. And we really are. You can't stop it. Again, this is not negating good stewardship. Let's take care of our planet. We're, as Christians, more yeah. than ever. The point is, you can't save it. God will sustain it. And Jesus Christ controls it all. So we all need to relax and not panic and focus on what really should be focused on. That is getting out the gospel, especially the church. Yeah. All right, well, you mentioned death taxes and hating the Jews is the three things we can always count on in this world. And so let's get into some growing anti-Semitism. Yes. Uh, this first uh, not art- that we hate the Jews. Not that we, no, we do we not. Love we the love Jewish the Jews. We love Israel. I'm saying that's what yeah. the world does. Sorry, and that's interrupt. a supernatural love, yes. by the way, too. Uh, Israel365news.com, after success in Oakland, I'm assuming this is Oakland, California, uh, yes. BDS Group looks to block Israeli ships from docking anywhere in the United Listen States. Listen to what happened here, Greg. An intersectional anti-Israel coalition called Block the Boat uh, has stepped up its actions in America. <laughs> Makes me think of that song. Sorry, Rock the Boat, yeah, Rock the yeah. Boat, baby. Okay. Uh, has stepped up its actions in America's port cities. After claiming victory by preventing an Israeli-based container ship docked in Oakland, California, from unloading its cargo on Friday, June 4th. On Sunday, June 6th, the group identified itself as a newly formed Block the Boat New York-New Jersey coalition, announced that they had made history by holding the first-ever protest picket line for Palestine in the port of New Jersey. Now, get a New York-New Jersey. Get this. Now, I'm going to finish reading this, but have you noticed how Whenever something is demonic, there's all these issues that don't connect to anything. They don't connect to each other at all, Greg. And yet somehow they do connect. Now, this does connect with Israel-Palestine. I get that. But even when you see these other things that go against God's word, you'll see all of these things wrapped into one. You'll find Israel. You'll find something for you know against Israel. I mean, it's like what learn to see what the Spirit is doing and learn to recognize the spirit of the enemy. Let me go on. According to the Facebook post by Within Our Lifetime, United for Palestine, a member of a coalition, 500 people showed up at the mayor terminal in Elizabeth, New Jersey at 6.30 a.m. to convince dock workers to to refuse rather to unload the Israeli ship after members of Oakland's Longshore and Warehouse Union declined to cross the protest line to carry out their job. And despite a police presence and barricades designed to keep protesters away from the workers, Protesters broke through the barricades, taking the protests to the front gate of the facility where they could interact with arriving workers. The group compromised, note this, compromise of pro-Palestinian activities and their communist allies from the Marxist Workers World Party. And here's why I said, notice how they become bedfellows that have nothing to do with each other. What does pro-Palestine and communism, they have no connection whatsoever other than it is spiritual. And you'll see this over and over and over, learn to recognize it. These two organizations that were it reported uh, were detained when they tried to hand out flyers to the union workers. Um, again, they said, "We'll be back. We're going to continue protests, etc." They go this whole thing, and here, here's my bottom. Here's the bottom. Oh, by the way, the, it, while at the University of California, Santa Cruz, uh, one of these members of the local chapter of Students for Justice in Palestine uh, had a group often referred to as Hamas on campus. Now, here's the bottom line. You're going to see more and more hatred for Jews. You're going to see more and more opposition to the Jews, and it's going to make zero sense. They'll have nothing. Look, as you know, it's it's Gay Pride Month, and they were having some event, Greg, downtown. And at the Gay Pride Month, you think they'd be talking about the issues that they're concerned about. But there was a pro-Palestinian anti-Israel rally in Market Square. I'm like, what does a, a anti-Israel pro-Palestinian rally have to do with the, the, that community and what they want to see happen. There's no connection whatsoever. It is absolutely spiritual. And you'll watch the enemy work, uh, and you'll see all these groups begin to come together in this opposition to God and his word and what God is doing. And remember, Israel in the last days will be one of the main focal points of hatred 
and turning against them. And sadly, we're seeing our own nation uh, turn against Israel at this point, and hopefully that will turn around at some point. But again, uh, this no surprise, but exactly what we would expect to see in the last days. Also out of California, Pastor Mark, a former U.S. ambassador, slams the California Teachers Union for boycotting Israel. Yeah, good for him. Again, look at this, more stuff against Israel. The Teachers Union for the San Francisco School District voted in favor of a resolution last month to boycott Israel. Again, what what does San Francisco have to do with Israel? Let's go on. In response, former Israeli ambassador to Washington, Michael Oren, blasted the union's hypocrisy, saying, and I quote, Los Angeles and San Francisco Teachers Unions vote to boycott Israel while while fighting anti-Semitism? It's like pledging to fight racism while joining the Klan. The United Educators of San Francisco, which is affiliated with the biggest federation of unions in America, the AFL-CIO, is the first K-12 union of public school teachers in the United States to officially support boycotting Israel. The The resolution's final segment urges the union to back the BDS or Boycott Israel uh, uh, movement and also calls on the Biden administration to halt aid to Israel. Again, you're going to see more and more of illogical singling out of the nation of Israel because this is a spiritual battle led by Satan himself. And again, if you don't believe in Satan, try opposing him for a while. You'll find out very quickly he's a real being. Yeah, he sure is. Okay, Pastor Mark, let's head to the church and see that LifeSite News is telling us that there is a new rainbow index of churches in Europe. Yeah. And they're measuring LGBT inclusivity of Christian denominations. Please explain what this means. Yeah, the Roman Catholic Church, it says, is ranked the highest on the list. um, And the Catholic Church in, in Poland ranked last. Again, the first rainbow index of churches in Europe, 2020 ranks Christian churches and groups in Europe by their LGBTI, that's inclusivity, uh, it was released in April. And I quote, as theologians researching inclusivity, that's including everyone, we started with the argument that Jesus' practice of radical hospitality and common sensality, Hmm. interesting word, Hmm. and I'll explain this, sets the rule for churches on diversity, equality, and affirmation of people of all sexual orientations and gender identities. In other words, they're saying this. It's not what God's word says, Greg, about right and wrong. It's about common sense that God has given us that we can say, even though the Bible says it's wrong, it's really okay. Because common sense tells us, although God's word says something's wrong, it's okay. So they're using common sensality to say that, you know what, ignore God's word and, and do this. Again, it says these indicators were measured by a questionnaire. Uh, notably, despite Catholic Church teaching, acknowledging the grave immorality of homosexual acts, the Roman Catholic Church in Germany ranks fairly high on the ranking list of approving of it. It remains to be seen whether their index score will be upgraded after taking into account the recent widespread offering of public blessings to homosexual couples by Catholic priests in Germany who are enabled by their bishops. The so-called synodal path of the German Episcopal Conference which promotes the heretical practices of female ordination and the intercommunion, uh, and intercommunion rather, besides the blessing of homosexual couples, has been strongly rebuked by Orthodox German clergy. Uh, Communio Veritatis, a priestly group in Germany, issued a statement on May 13th accusing the head of the German Bishops' Conference of, and I quote, carrying out the work of wolves and tearing apart the body of Christ by disregarding the word of God and falsifying the teachings of his church with this common sensality, uh, you know, mindset. Basically, it's another way they're just denying the Bible and denying the word of God. And here's the point. I want to make a couple of points. One is um, God, of course, loves everyone. God loves the homosexual community, and God wants to reach them. But God doesn't change his word to reach any group of people. The Bible says what is sin and what is not sin. And the Bible says if we're in sin, we need to repent um, and we need to follow Christ. And that's the only way we can be forgiven. Here's the concerning thing. The concerning thing is, is now we're seeing large blocks of, of what is called the church in Europe and really around the world saying, you know what? Homosexuality is okay. There's nothing to worry about. God will accept it. Does God love the homosexual? Absolutely. Does God accept the sin? Absolutely not. And unless there's repentance, that individual can't go to heaven. And for the church to unite and say, we say this is okay, the church is contributing to the to the condemnation. 
of tens of thousands of people. And again, God will hold the church accountable. So this is serious. And again, remember in the last days, there'll be a falling away. The Lord said, when I come back, will I even find faith on the earth? So we're seeing exactly what the Lord said would happen, but it's very sad to watch it take place. Yeah, Uh, Pastor Mark, we're going to skip our last article on the church because we've covered that before in the previous broadcast, and that slipped my editing perusal. All right. Uh, But we'll leave it in our stack of stuff if somebody wants to read it again. Uh, This is some good news, finally, from ChristianHeadlines.com. The Atheist Society official... Uh, becomes a Christian and resigns his position, quote-unquote, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, how about this? Somebody yeah. that leads an atheist organization gets saved. That's kind of a shocker to Greg. I was just thinking about that actually today or yesterday going, you know, God can save a lot of people that we have in different positions in our government and everywhere, and suddenly they just become a believer. Wouldn't that rock the world yes. if certain people got saved? Yeah. Just, I mean, I get excited about this stuff. Let me read some of this. A high-ranking official in the Kenyan atheist organization said Saturday he had accepted Christ and resigned from his position because he no longer wanted to promote atheism in his country. Seth Mahiga was the secretary for Atheists in the Kenya Society, an organization founded in 2016 to advocate for secularism, non-religion, and the belief that the universe is a natural phenomenon with no supernatural side, according to the website. It is a member organization of Humanist International, which, by the way, humanist organizations are anti-God organizations. But on Saturday, Mahiga announced on the society's social media accounts that he'd become a Christian. Can you imagine the shock waves that went through their organization? A press release also was posted on the society's website, and I quote, This evening, regretfully, the secretary of the Atheist in Kenya Society, Mr. Seth Mahiga, informed me that he's made the decision to resign from his position as secretary of the society, the press release said. Seth's reason for resigning is that he has found Jesus Christ and is no longer interested in promoting atheism in Kenya. They literally wrote that out. It's like, wow. Now, but look at their last statement. Hey, good for these guys. I can't, this must have been just diplomatic or political or maybe the way they handle things in Kenya. But listen to what they said lastly. We wish Seth all the best in his newfound relationship with Jesus Christ. They don't even believe in Jesus Christ. But yet they acknowledge it. They acknowledged it, and yet Isn't they're saying something? he's not with us, and he, whatever. This is wild. Christians worldwide celebrated Mahiga's conversion. And I quote, this is amazing news, tweeted social commentator Abianuju Akosha. Let us continue to pray for conversions to the gospel of Jesus. This resignation caused by regeneration should ignite celebration for all Christians and consternation for all atheists. Very good use of words here, tweeted James Merritt, pastor of Cross Point Church in Georgia. And he ends by saying, may his tribe increase in every way. What a, an amazing story. You know, you, you hear these things. Sometimes you think, man, that person will never be saved. Here you have a person who was one of the top people in an atheist, a national atheist organization and the Lord reaches in and grabs their heart and they respond. And that is Jesus. That just proves Jesus loves everyone, even those who openly say they hate him. He still loves them. He still reaches out to them. He still tries to grab them. And there may be some of you out there listening today that are in that same position. You're fighting against God. Maybe you're mm. watching this program today or listening just because you want to get mad and prove me wrong and whatever. And all of a sudden something <laughs> happened and you're going, oh, you know, I, 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 I mean, maybe... Maybe this is true. Maybe God's beginning to open your eyes. If that's you or anyone listening right now to the show, as we wrap this up today, I want to give you a personal invitation. The Lord wants to give you his invitation into the kingdom of God. Listen, the Bible says Jesus Christ, God in human form, died for you 2,000 years ago on a cross. He chose to go to that cross. He chose to be a sacrifice. The Bible says there has to be a blood sacrifice for sin. It had to be pure blood, and it had to be man's blood. There was no way for pure man's blood but for God to become a man, because every man is a sinner and fallen. So God became a man. He gave pure man's blood. He became a sacrifice on a cross. His blood in your place. He did nothing wrong. He offered that blood to God in heaven, the Bible says. God took that blood as a a covering, a payment for your sin. And if you will simply say to him today, I agree with you that I am a sinner, that I'm guilty before God, that I can't go to heaven without you. I give my life to you. I accept your sacrifice and your blood on the cross. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I give my life to you, and I'm going to follow you the rest of my days and for all of eternity. If you pray that prayer from the heart, not your head and your lips, from your heart, Jesus will hear you right now. 
you will be born again, and you will be forever saved and have your reservation in the kingdom of God. And we give you that invitation today. The Lord gives you that invitation. I encourage you to respond to it. You know, Pastor Mark, unfortunately, the news that we chronicle, with the exception of good news, you know, the the, the bad news is, is that's the bulk of our program, is chronicling what's happening on this earth. Yeah. And so there's really, you know, as much as God gives us all things to richly enjoy, the Bible's very clear that the better enjoyment is in a world beyond this one. Yes. And that's in heaven. Yes. And that's for eternity. Yes. All the more reason for you to give your life to the Lord, because he has things planned for you that only he knows of, that the Bible says your mind can't even comprehend or imagine. Amen. Which is amazing. So, thank you, Pastor Mark. Folks, thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you want to read our articles, ask Pastor Mark a prophecy question, listen to previous episodes, or subscribe to our podcast. Just head over to thewaymedia.net and click on Signs of the Times and set an appointment for next Friday at 1.30 when we talk about more Signs of the Times right here on WIAM. you to be brave. He can make you strong. There's a certain confidence that's his gift to you. You can be brave because he's in control. You can be strong because he exchanges your weakness for his strength. You can be confident because he has a good plan with your name on it. There's a reason God tells you not to fear. There's no need when you remember you can rely on him to make you brave. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. 